Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,759. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Milford, Michigan, with a very special guest by the name of Todd Somerville. Todd, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. Glad to be here. I know uh, you're probably buckled up because I know you've done some uh, racing on the track and driving, and you love to drive. But before we give you a proper introduction here and dive into your business, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you? Uh, I played sousaphone in high school and college, and I was a Keystone cop at Cedar Point in a roving band. Well, now, there's one of the most unique answers I've heard from that yes. question. Yes, nobody knows that about me. Well, now they do. Thousands of people <laughs> know now. Now they're going to be you're going to be getting requests uh, on social media to play something. Very now, why why did you pick that the sousaphone? I uh, just went to a high school where they had a really great show band, uh-huh. and I was a big guy, and I. I could carry the thing, and uh, it just became something I really enjoyed doing. I did it for over a decade. Wow. How fun. Well, I'll tell you, music is so important. I think it's one of those things that every young person should pick an instrument and learn. I My instrument of choice was the guitar. I started playing when I was very young, played through high school and college, and uh, even taught guitar lessons to kids in the summers to make extra money. And it, it teaches you great discipline, doesn't it? I mean, that's one of the great things about music. Yeah, I, I believe the arts in general for kids is super important in terms of their creativity and, and you know, having to put some discipline into actually learning something and sticking with it and getting better at it and then all the social aspects of it too. I mean, it, it was a super important part yeah. of my life and my development. Well, especially playing in a band where you have to work with other people as well. Yes, and then going from you know a high school environment to a college environment where the game's a bit different. You got people that are music majors and are really good at what they do. And, and then just the camaraderie of it, it was like being in a a musical fraternity in college. Yeah. It's fantastic. Very, very cool. Well, if I'd known that I'd had you bring your sousaphone and play us a little something, but (laughs) (laughs) not today. (laughs) We'll do that next time you come back to cars. Yeah. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. Let me give you a proper introduction. Todd Somerville is the vice president of OEM relationships at modal, a company that provides e-commerce to the world's leading automotive dealers and brands. He's responsible for driving strategy, business development, partnerships, and new label sales efforts for OEM and Alliance Relationships on behalf of the company's leading automotive e-commerce platform. Todd previously worked at Cox Automotive and Reynolds & Reynolds, offering expertise in enterprise, major account sales, and performance management in automotive retail. Since the pandemic, Modal has experienced a surge in demand for its platform, which generated a 700% increase in online checkout customers. This is very fascinating, especially given the pandemic and the changing world. So I can't wait to learn more about it. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors. They keep this show alive, so give them a listen, give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Hold on. 
Our pets are part of the family, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interiors. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for rides? Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interior from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features and keep cargo areas and your seats protected. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur and hair, mud, moisture, and drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's interior surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle made. And I've got a deal for you. Cars Yeah listeners are going to get 10% off if you use the code YAH21, that's Y-E-A-H-21, Simply use the code YAH21 at checkout at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? Then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Todd, as we continue on this journey of your life, I want you to share a mantra or some kind of success quote, some kind of inspirational thing in your life that keeps those wheels turning in a positive direction so grab the wheel okay yeah early in my career one of my uh leadership execs taught me the whole concept of servant leadership or never to ask someone to do something that you wouldn't do with them everyone gets their hands dirty on my team i'm there with them i we celebrate our wins we learn from our failures and we provide you know good transparent honest feedback to each other so we can grow together i've always lived in that environment i think it it impacts not just you know, your business life, but your personal life in terms of how you uh, take care of, of good and bad things in your life. And I've always followed that, and my people know it, and people I've impacted know it. And I really think it's super important that that's part of what you do as part of leadership. So it's it's something I live by. You know, it makes a big impression on colleagues. A company that I ran for many years, I remember one day, and I, this always stood out to me, there was uh, some trash or something in a hallway, and I I was walking around a corner and I bent down and picked it up. And this lady said, uh, why are you picking that up? You could have somebody else do that. And I thought it was kind of an interesting question. I said, well, this is all of ours workplaces. And I saw it and I picked it up and I'll throw it away. So not that big of a deal. And what was interesting about it was later somebody else had told me that she had shared that story with a bunch of people. Wow, the president of the company was picking up trash in the hallway. 
That's great. It made an impact. Yeah, it made an impact. And it was just a simple little act, but it'd be the same as if I was walking down my hallway in my house and something had dropped out of someone's pocket. I'd, I'd been over and pick it up. I wouldn't just leave it there and expect, well, wouldn't expect my wife or someone else in the, in the family just pick it up. I was there. I did it. But it's a really important way to go through being a leader, running a business, being part of a team in any way. So I love that. Fantastic. Let's talk about Modal. I want you to first explain what your company is all about. And then we're going to dive into uh, some studies that you're doing right now about President's Day, sales going up in cars, the car market, the pandemic and the effect that's had on the way people buy cars, specifically online buying. But let's start with the company. What is it you and your team do there? Uh, Modal is a true automotive e-commerce transactional solution for car dealers to make it easier for their customers to shop, look at trades, do payment calculations, and actually get qualified offers based on their credit score from various banks so they can make the best decision for themselves. Uh, it's a very seamless, easy add-on to the dealer's process. It doesn't require a ton of training to actually use it. And it looks like part of their branding and part of their website. So it's it's a quick way to get a, a car sold online without contact if a, if a customer wants to go through the entire process. I would think this day and age, and even going back in time, one of the things that car buyers usually don't like too much is I got to deal with the sales guy. And to be able to just go, how much is it going to cost? What are my payments? Or what do you have available? How can we make this easier I have a neighbor who bought a couple new cars recently, and he said the process of going in, and he was paying cash for very expensive cars, was so long and arduous and a pain, and they kept wanting to sell me stuff I didn't want, and it was like, why, why are you making this? I always say this, why are you making it so hard for me to give you your money? Sounds like your platform changes that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's another channel. It allows a customer to do uh, to continue down the research pathway that they're already doing in terms of the vehicles and what they want. You know, customers are typically looking at 18 to 20 different websites when they research what they're looking for from a vehicle perspective. The dealer gets involved in that late in the process. You know, and some customers do want to spend time in the dealership and go drive cars and smell the leather and all that. But some customers just say, hey, you know, 15 minutes, put the car at the curb, we'll finish it up. I'll pick it up and go. Uh, you know, we're to the point now where we can even deliver the vehicle to the customer. So it's it's really up to the customer. And what the whole idea behind this is to give the customer the ability and the freedom to transact with dealers the way they want to, uh, depending on what their you know, personal needs and preferences are. So it's it's about offering an easier way to buy a car and make sure that it that uh, in the end the dealer looks good as opposed to having that fight. You know, trying to get the customer through a sales process in dealership, which can take hours. Absolutely. Have you seen with this product, have you seen a surge in the use of this product? And, and there's some obvious reasons here. People are becoming more and more comfortable buying online. People are becoming more and more comfortable with the concept that I don't have to go down to a dealer. I can just shop, find what I want. Again, in the case of my neighbor, he bought both his cars from outside the state. And the truck rolled up a week later, and there's your car. He didn't have to deal with any of the usual stuff, uh, except for, well, in one case he did. But have you found that buyers, especially with the pandemic now, have really shifted the way they're buying cars? Yeah, I mean, it's it's starting in March when everything hit the fan in 2020. You know, Modal's transaction volume started going up significantly. 
you know, we were up three and a half times from March to December. We were involved in $11 million of transactions at the dealership level. You know, went from being five to 10% of a dealer's typical base to being, in some instances, half or more of a customer, of wow. a dealer's ability. You know, one thing that's really been interesting about it, though, is that these deals that are coming through are still very profitable and even more profitable in some instances than the in dealership deals because there's less negotiation. The customer can shop for the vehicle, look at uh, F&I products and make changes in their deal before they ever get to the store. So they, they're looking at a total payment versus, you know, locking in to a payment and then being jammed into an F&I office where somebody's trying to upsell them off a menu. Right. But the, you know, it continues. Uh, you know, January was 4X over the previous January. Uh, things are, are still uh, starting to cool off a little bit in terms of the panic around COVID, but it's still out there and customers are still transacting that way. And we're, you know, we're anticipating uh, 5X in the next couple of weeks in terms of what we were doing a year ago in terms wow. of online transactions, vehicles bought contactless. Wow. Very, very cool. One of the things I noticed uh, when I first reached out to you guys is the notion of President's Day weekend and that being a big weekend for car sales. And I never thought of that. I'm not in that business. So, and I don't buy cars often. I tend to buy a new car and keep it a long time. But there's a, a couple factors around President's Day that make a difference. What are those? Well, the big thing is, is it's really the, it's you know, your post Christmas. It's really the only holiday of any significance in the wintertime. You, know, you really don't really start cranking up car sales until the spring. So the um, OEs will typically throw um, some sweeteners into the, uh, into the puzzle to get people to, to visit stores and to shop for vehicles at this time of the year. It's a slow time. Uh, you know, nobody's buying convertibles in a snowbank in Michigan in January, really? February. <laughs> no, they're out there. Um, I know so, you have a convertible here in Michigan. I have a convertible. That I, I bought it in the spring. Okay, okay. It's, so it's a it's an interesting time for dealers, and they are looking for support from their uh, manufacturer partners. So it, uh, you know, the other th- part of what's going on right now is that if you have good credit, there's a lot of very, very low interest or even 0% financing available. It's amazing. I mean, they're, you know, and, and it's on new product too. It's not just on leftover product. I mean, I, I was looking uh, at trucks this week just to see what was going on there because it's very competitive. And, you know, they're offering a really nice, you know, Ram 2021 package was 37.50 cash, 0% interest for 72 months. And what you're seeing is that the trim levels of people that are buying vehicles uh, continues to get more and more expensive and more luxurious because these people are financing longer with zero to no interest. And, uh, you know, vehicles are now almost $40,000 new coming out on average from the dealerships. And, you know, we anticipate being a big part of that because people are now used to transacting totally online. Have you seen, I don't know if it relates to your product and what you're doing, a continued increase of people leasing versus buying? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's been really interesting with leasing because especially last year, People couldn't return their lease cars because the dealerships were closed. So you saw a little bit of a drop off with it from, and it's typically high line vehicles that mostly are leased Mercedes, Porsche, Lexus, 
And so the, the OEs were not promoting it quite as much. And you saw a lot of, when these lease cars finally could be returned, you saw a lot of certified pre-owned lease cars coming, coming on to the lots as, as really nice, fresh vehicles. So there's been a real surge in CPO vehicles. And, then, and now we're starting to see um, OEs get back into supporting leasing more than they were before. You know, another part of it was is that the residuals of these vehicles, it was hard to predict what was going to happen at the auctions and with these cars last year with the auctions closed, et cetera. So it upset the OE's ability to really plan against future values on leases. But it's, it's coming back. Uh, but the, the, the finance deals have been so good that most people are still buying vehicles today as opposed to leasing in, in terms of the major brands. Wow. Yeah. Well, cars have become so expensive. You mentioned trucks. I look at the cost of new trucks and I can't believe what a truck costs. I've, yeah. never, I've never had one. I've never needed one. But uh, my as again, I mentioned my next door neighbor a lot. He bought a Ford Raptor. Pretty darn cool. I, I drove that thing. And it's not like driving a truck. It's like no, it's he, something he, else. It's got to take you out to the desert and run a hundred over some bumps just to get the real feel for that truck. Well, he keeps trying to do that. He has a ranch out east, and he keeps wanting to take me out there. And he brought it back one day. Uh, it was over Christmas time, and he he texted me and he said, "Mark, I'm driving up the street. Come over to my driveway now." I'm like, "Oh, what's going on?" And he had just come back. The thing was covered in mud. I mean, not. <laughs> I mean, like two inch thick layers of sludge all over this thing and that's he, what that's that's truck's mate, uh, native element yeah i know i know and I, he loves doing that to me because he knows i you know i don't like to get dirt on my cars but uh, <laughs> he uses his cars his dog rides in the car and spits all over fantastic. the dash and yeah he knows it makes me crazy but oh well it's his car not mine but uh, he's driving it the way it should be driven that's for sure you go bill <laughs> well let's talk about a big challenge or a failure and i asked the big what i call the challenge question for a specific reason it's uh, mainly to teach and help us Others learn that if you're going through something challenging, there is a positive aspect in the end. There's a great lesson learned in the story. So share one of those stories with us today. Uh, you know, it's I think you have to learn from the hard events in your life and be able to see the good and what comes out of them. Yeah, you know, my parents uh, had a pretty contentious marriage late in high school and divorced while I was in college. So that really set my brother and I back quite mm -hmm. a bit. My brother was still at home. You know, I'm 350, 400 miles from where I grew up and just dealing with all that trauma. And it, uh, it was it was tough at, to start with. It wasn't totally un, you know, a surprise because we knew our folks weren't getting on over well. Mm -hmm. But I've always taken the negative energy from that event and you know, turned it into a positive motivation with my interactions with my family, you know, with my colleagues and especially with my friends, you know, it's, we all have setbacks. There's been a lot of them last year for people and just trying to work through them, acknowledge what happened, look at what happened and make sure that you learn something from it and, and make, you know, come out of it a better person overall. It's, it's, it's something that I've, that's driven me probably my entire adult life you know, to be better than that and to continue to improve and learn from it. No doubt. And I'm sorry that you went through that. My parents divorced when I was in high school and I, I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, the memories here. Yeah. Um, fortunately, they uh, they were very good to each other and it was kind of a quiet kind of thing, although it came as a shock to me, like, what? Uh, yeah. But uh, here's a question for you that maybe a listener out there, maybe a young listener who has parents that are going through this, uh, what's one thing you might share with them to give 
gives them a little bit of different perspective on the situation that can be a learning lesson? Is there one little thing? Yeah, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, when, when parents separate or feud, it, the kids are almost in a position where they have to pick sides. And it isn't good. And, and you know, I made every effort not to do that and to be open-minded to what was going on with my parents and also to realize that no one's perfect yeah. and to forgive them. Forgiveness. Yes. There's a key word right there. Yes. And, and letting it go. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that is tough to do when you're right there in the mix of it. Yeah. Yeah. My parents made a pledge to each other to not speak ill of each other to my sister or I, and they held that pledge. And I That's always great. thought that was really strong of them and great of them because I know there's a lot of hurt in the situation. And I think that helped our family get through that better uh, as best as you can. But uh, that word forgiveness, whoo, yeah, that's a tough one when you feel like somebody has wronged you, whether it's a family member or a parent or a business partner or a friend or whoever that is, is, is figuring out how to find a way to forgive. Doesn't mean you have to um, let them continue to abuse you in any way. Yeah, there's a difference between forgiving and forgetting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Best to sometimes not forget the lesson learned in that situation. Been there, done exactly. that. So, yeah, but uh, I always said there's a great saying, and I'm not going to remember it properly, but forgiving somebody else's actions is more for yourself than for them uh, to yes. help you move forward. So, yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. don't want to carry it with you. No, it's painful. That's a lot of heavy bags to carry for the rest of your life. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Let's take a short break and catch our breath and we come back. I know you're a bit of a car guy, so we're going to dive into that when we come back. So keep the seatbelts on. Crash jewelry is handmade from the metal of luxury cars while preserving the original factory paint. Founder Christy Shimfke came up with the idea when she moved her jewelry studio into her husband's Los Angeles auto body shop. After watching beautiful Porsche ultraviolet fenders and Ferrari Rosso Corsa hoods head to the scrapyard, she developed her own unique upcycling process of cutting, bending, and sanding the metal into unique, wearable pieces of beautiful automotive art. For Women's History Month here on Cars Yeah!, Crash Jewelry is giving away a special Ferrari Art Deco cuff. The cuff includes an empowering message engraved inside. Enter to win today by subscribing at CrashJewelry.com. Plus, Christy is offering Cars yeah listeners 10% off in March when you use the code Cars yeah at checkout. That's CrashJewelry.com and use the code Cars yeah today. And don't forget to follow Christy on Instagram at CrashJewelry. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, Smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. 
Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Okay, we are back, Todd. What was that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a bit of a car guy? My best friend's dad was a Ford dealer in a really small town outside of Toledo, Ohio. I loved hanging around there. You know, I just, I just, it was to see the new metal. Once in a while, I'll get to drive a new car, a new Mustang, you know. And then he and I, my buddy and I, restored an old Mach 1 Super Sprint. Oh. Um, you know, I'll never forget hearing the ram air on the hood of that car open up and that Cleveland just screaming as we went down um, I-75 at way over the speed limit. We won't tell your mom that. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> and, you know, it was I was bit then and never got over it. And yeah. it's 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 uh, it's always been in my in my bloodstream that I was going to be a car guy. Cool. Is there a really special vehicle in your life that stands out? And if so, maybe share a memory or two about that ride. You know, I've, I've had several Detroit Iron Muscle cars. I live outside of Detroit, but about six years ago, I took on. You know, I I had done some autocrossing as well in, in an SVO Mustang in mid Ohio. So I, I kind of, I kind of got wrapped up around, you know, handling and, you know, what a car could really do in lightness and muscle cars have gotten heavy. So, um, about six years ago, I bought a, um, 2007 BMW Z4 M Roadster. Oh, nice. It, yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm six four two fifty, and this is a small car. Yeah. So, it's a little interesting watching me get in and out of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Origami folding of your body yeah, to get inside I, I, that My car. wife laughs at me. People, you know, we're at a restaurant. People will laugh at me when they see me getting out of this car. It's like, where did he come from? Yep. But it's the car, you don't see yourself coming and going in it around Detroit. It's um, actually a very um, unique vehicle to drive. It's very analog, meaning there's not a lot of nannies on it. Yep. It's, you know, one of the last real analog M cars built. And it uh, it can come around on you if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's a beautiful, fun car. I've got an 05 M3, and so cars of the same era. Your car, and I'll let the listeners know, you can go to Todd's show notes page in the Cars Show website. You'll see a picture of him in that car. His head isn't really too far up above the windshield there. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, Magnum PI in his Ferrari, you know, where they had to leave the top <laughs> off because the guy's so tall. But your car looks like almost like it has Alpina wheels. Yeah, the, uh, it's uh, the M version of the Roadster and the Coupe as well had quite a bit of treatment to it. Yeah. You know, cross-drilled rotors, offset wheels. They were very different from the stock cars. You know, you see a stock car, it looks a lot like a Miata. Yeah. You look at this car, it's very meaty looking on the road. And all of the uh, enhancements they did were very M-like. And the car is a handful to drive and an absolute riot to drive. I recently took it on a Z club drive near hell, Michigan, which they profile in a lot of the enthusiast magazines. And my wife just kept screaming and <laughs> chuckling and giggling. And, I, and by the time I was done, just trying to keep up with these guys after two hours, I was exhausted. The car <laughs> is an absolute riot to drive. Yeah. It's a beautiful, uh, Amola blue, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful color. Really fun cars. Uh, yeah, definitely a keeper car. And uh, yeah, with all, all the nannies, like you say, uh, even more special. Very cool. Love it. Now, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Todd. If you were a car, not what you want to be, 
but you, your perception of your personality manifest as a vehicle? What would you be? But the more important part of the question is why? You know, I'd be an F-150. Okay, there you go. Yeah. It's, it's highly capable. It's ready for anything you can throw at it. It's luxurious during the week. It's a nice city ride, mm -hmm. but you can run in the dirt on the weekends with it. It's versatile, but, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I have, you know, I've got my eye on a 2021 King Ranch right now. It's a really nice truck. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's how I see myself as being incredibly versatile and flexible and you know, not too showy, but also, you know, able to step it up when I need to. I like it. Well, I got a little tip for you, Todd. You know, there's this platform I hear out there from a company called Modal where you can go online and buy your car and spec it. And awesome. Yeah. You might check that out. <laughs> I'll put a link to that on, uh, Todd Somerville's show notes page so you can learn more about that product. I have a feeling you might know a lot about it, but just want to make sure you use that before you buy that King Ranch, okay? I think it's a great idea. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always thinking about marketing. All right, we're up to the last lap. I'm going to fire off some questions, get some quick answers from you. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? You know, I don't really take much of anything all that personally. You know, including setbacks, you know, I'm, I'm pretty self-deprecating. I love to laugh, you know, which seems to put people at ease. You know, life's too short to be obsessive. You know, I like to relax and just enjoy the ride. Nice. Good way. Could you teach me some of those habits? I have to work at it. Well, work. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Todd Somerville class of unwinding. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if I could arrange for you to have a meal or a drink with anyone in the automotive or racing industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Carol Shelby. Ah, uh, yeah. He's, you know, he's the second most mentioned person, Henry Ford being the first. And I'm not surprised because old Shell is, yeah, quite a character. If you got to sit down with him, what would be one of the first questions you would ask him? What drives you to be a winner? We've all seen characterizations of it now, including the recent you know, movies. I, I would love to know what drove him because he just never, he was just never gave up. I mean, all the guts and grit that I saw in, in what he did and how he achieved it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just inspiring. And I'd love to hear a little bit of how he motivated himself to be so relentless. Yeah. And you go back to his, his humble, very humble beginnings, you know, people, a chicken farmer, he used to race in his overalls in the beginning. Yeah. In Texas. Yeah. In Texas. Well, there's part of it. He's from Texas. I mean, people yep. from Texas, they're grit. My dad grew up in Texas on a farm. They're strong people. I just uh, was looking through this morning in my latest new issue of Cavallino uh, magazine about Ferraris and it had pictures of him racing back in the fifties in a beautiful old Gallietti designed Ferrari. Yeah, he just, what a life. Holy cow. Yeah. He's, Absolutely. Yeah, incredible person. That would be pretty darn fun. I did get to meet him a few times. Uh, I got to talk to him for maybe about five minutes in a setting where it was just he and myself and another person. But you almost are like, he's so bigger than life. Like, what do I ask this guy and not, not sound like yeah, a total, I, total goober? <laughs> I was at the Detroit Auto Show and it was during the Alamo Alley days and he was just a legend as well in detroit as a ceo um so i got to meet him and then uh carl shelby was there as well but he was just he was just mobbed by people yeah, so yeah i didn't get to talk to him all that much but i did get to shake his hand yeah pretty special guy i have a glove box he signed for me i had a, a clone actually of a gt350 shelby mustang that i drove to work every day for several years and i took the glove box off and i was at laguna seca at the historic races and he was the featured guy, and I stood in line, and he signed that uh, glove box. So when I sold the car, 
I kept it. And the guy said, well, I wanted the glove box. <laughs> so I actually nope. found another glove box and shipped it to Carol Shelby. And for 10 bucks, he signed it and he puts all that money towards his, he had a great foundation to help kids with heart problems because we all know he had heart issues and uh, mailed that to the guy about my car. He was just ecstatic. So that is uh, really great was pretty cool. When it comes to automotive advice, I always ask my guests for the best advice someone else has ever offered to them. Now, since we're talking about modal and what you guys do, let me twist this question for you. When it comes to buying a new vehicle, what would be some advice you might offer to a listener out there who's thinking about putting something new in the garage? Yeah, do your homework. Insist on getting what you want. Educate yourself. There's there's tools now like Modal that will make it very easy for you to figure out what your trade is, what your payment's going to be, you know, what accessories work with these vehicles, and just just breathe and realize <laughs> that most dealers are really there to help you buy a car. That's how they make their living, and interact with them on your terms. That's what Modal does. Yeah. Now, if uh, if I go to a Let's say my local Porsche dealership and I want a new Porsche and they don't use your device, your platform. Can I suggest it to them? Oh, I would, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you guys really need to talk to Todd and get this model <laughs> device because, you know, otherwise I'm not going to buy a car from you. So yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's definitely, I mean, there's still a lot of opportunity for these kind of experiences with, with high ends and just, just it's, it's fairly new. So it's, it's still, that's what my role is at Model is to continue to crusade for for these kind of solutions with the OEMs, including Porsche. Don't tell my wife; she's in the other room. She might have heard me say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to great resources, I'm going to first put Model as the first great resource. Is there another go-to resource that's a kind of a daily occurrence for you? I know in our pre-show chat we talked about bring a trailer and the evil Randy Nonnenberg and how he entices us every day to look at stuff <laughs> we didn't know we wanted. Uh, is there one that you might want to recommend? Uh, you know, in the automotive business, it's it's um, you know it's Edmonds Automotive News. Those kind of things, just just to get you get your um, your grounding. Uh -huh. if, you're, if, you're, if you're shopping pricing today, the best way to do that is to look at a, a cars.com or an auto trader to see what vehicles are being priced at. Dealers are actually pricing vehicles pretty close to transaction price now. Mm -hmm. You know, just just do your homework and then you know look at the factory sites and and you know see what configurations are available and what they're offering. Uh, you know, a dealer typically will offer uh, regional uh, offers too. So they, they do put pricing offers based on where a vehicle is located. Yep. And, and just do your homework. And it's it's really very easy to do now with all the information that's available online. And then when you're ready to buy a vehicle, use a modal solution to get that Porsche. There you go. Ah, she's still listening. Uh, how about a book? <laughs> is there a book you'd like to recommend? I'm a big fan of, uh, he's a Toastmaster winner. His name is Rory Vaden. And he put out a book about a year ago called Procrastinate on Purpose, Five <laughs> Permissions to Multiply Your Time. You know, we're all incredibly busy right now. We fill our time with things that may not always be the most productive. And some of the most important things that you should be working on don't get done right away. And what he says is that that's okay. That means you're just not ready to dedicate the time at that point to take care of something that's super important or it may not be important at all. So it's almost like three-dimensional time management. And I find that fascinating. You know, I should read that book. I've always practiced the idea of swallow that frog. And the more, if there's something you got to do in the day, get it over with first thing yes. and move forward. Otherwise we do tend to procrastinate on things we don't want to do, but I like this perspective because maybe there's a reason 
lots of times my wife, who's way smarter than me, she'll say things like, well, maybe you're not ready yet. Your brain is still working in the background on that issue. Give it a little bit more time. Don't force it. So I'll, I'll have to read that book, Procrastinate on Purpose by Roy Vaden. There you go. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. Today I'm going to buy you a very cool, let's call it a collector car, fun car, toy car, not a daily driver. Uh, as my listeners know, there's some rules to this game. It's the only collector car you can have, so it needs to tick a lot of boxes. I want it to be a usable driver car, not a garage queen, and you can't sell it once I give it to you to uh, go buy that truck and a whole bunch of other cars with. you got to keep it. That's the hard part here for a smart guy like you. Yeah. So what am I going to buy for you today, Todd? A 2005 Ford GT. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that was first gen, right? Yes. Um, you know, I, I was here in Detroit when that car was rolled out. They finished the assembly in Wixom, which is only a few miles from my home. I got to see them test drive these cars. Mm. We even had some tele- telemetry in the vehicle so I could see what, how fast they were being driven on the highways. You know, it was a pace car for the entire company that really truly was amazing and gutty when they did this because the company at that time was on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. And they, you know, they were just hanging on. And then, you know, it really brought Bill Ford forward too, because he stewarded it, uh, you know, and it, the, the, the story and the heritage behind it, you know, no one else could do that car. The only person, the only people that could do that car was Ford Motor Company. And it's just an unforgettable, you know, race car for the road. And I thought it was brilliant. It is brilliant. I had Camilo Pardo, who is the main designer on that vehicle. He worked with a team, of course, but he shared a lot of stories about how that look of that car came together and came to be. And then he and I were at the La Jolla Concours in 2019, and he had the newest version of it when it had just come out. He had actually driven the car from Detroit all wow. the way to La Jolla. Yeah, guy's Rough so, life. Guy's so cool. Yeah. And now I have to ask you, have you, have you ever been able to drive one? Yes, and it's it is such an ethereal experience because yes. they they you know it's by today's standards it's not the fastest car in the world but just the way it feels smells rattles all the noise that comes through that back end of that car it is an experience there's nothing else like it reminds me a lot of jumping in a Mira and driving it because right over your shoulder is that engine sitting there and yes. it has that feeling of course Mira for GT very different time periods and everything but I had that same feeling when I got to drive one I got to drive one on a track the thing about that car though no traction control no control units or anything you got to be very <laughs> careful in that car i didn't crash it i didn't cry i didn't drive it full speed either because it was not my car but yes very very cool now let me ask you this that car versus the newest version of that car why the first gen versus the current one the new one is incredible in its own right you know and then taking it to le mans and doing what they did there I just liked the backstory and how that car came to be because I yeah. knew what was going on at Ford Motor Company and and it, I like the retro feel to the car and I you know they are incredibly expensive so I'm not the only one that feels that way apparently it's of course not it's been you know I, I saw a golf livery car go for almost over a half a million dollars recently so yep. I I think the big thing is is that you know I had I have a personal connection to how that car. Uh, developed and how it was built. And uh, I was here in Detroit working with Ford at the time. Nice, nice. What color would you like yours to be? Golf. 
pretty darn cool. And that one, they only made, I think, 200 of those maybe. Uh, That's super rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an extra uh, added, forget the money uh, factor. But back when that car was new, I think it was around 200,000 maybe or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it it was interesting is at the time, the car didn't sell that fast. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of dealers sat on them for a while. And then, you know, people have come to realize what it really was. But again, I saw them rolling off the assembly line here cool. and it just just made my blood go to see <laughs> my wife the same way we loved them yeah they're very very cool and they're so i think they're very very for a modern car true to the original gt40 in many ways now people would argue that but when you really look at the two cars versus the new one which doesn't look anything like a gt40 in my opinion it's, it's more of a supercar hypercar kind of thing yeah. but uh yeah it's true to that old livery kind of like the new ford broncos true to the you know to that livery and some of these other cars they've come out with that i know volkswagen keeps saying they're going to come out with a van again uh not a van again but a van again yeah. <laughs> like the old van. electric I yeah it's going to be an electric yeah we'll see yeah i've been hearing about that for a long time but we'll see all right i'll get to work see if i can find you one of those as soon as possible Thank and you. Uh, we'll have some fun with that todd you've taken us on a fun ride this has been great learning more about you and your business i want you to give us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance though before you rip off down the roadway in that beautiful ford gt (laughs) well you know the big thing is is that i believe that happiness comes from enjoying the journey not the destination or putting something off that you should be doing now surrounding yourself with positive influences and people who constantly push you to be a better person uh you know cutting negativity out of your life is all a big part of it too. Sometimes you just have to move on from some people and some influences. And I hope that I have a positive influence on those that I choose to spend time and spend time in my sphere. You know, it's it's um, it's super important to me that if I I can help people on that journey as well. Absolutely. Well, today, Todd, you've been uh, a positive influence and uh, definitely an inspiration to me and the Cars Yeah listeners. I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. I'll put links to Modal, M-O-D-A-L, on the website at Todd, so you can go and check out what they're doing. And hopefully when you're ready to buy a car, the dealer you deal with has that e-commerce platform for you to enjoy to make the whole experiences much better. I also want to thank Lisa Hagendorf at Centerpiece Public Relations. She introduced me to Todd. Lisa, thank you for connecting me with another great, inspiring automotive enthusiast here on Cars Yeah. Listeners, again, you can find everything on Todd's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Todd Somerville, and his page will pop right up. Todd, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your life with Cars Yeah. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Cars Yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, TechForce Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up! 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!